What's going on, everybody? I'm Johnny Brook. Welcome back to episode number 33 of the Crafted Podcast. Podcast all about making stuff by hand, woodworking, metalworking, electronics, and more. We put out new episodes every Wednesday, but we're going to be changing that here soon, so stay tuned for some updates about a little schedule change. But we put those episodes out on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, pretty much everywhere podcasts are available. Also, uh, they're available on our website if you want to check that out along with all of our show notes for each episode. Uh, Those have all the links uh, to all the stuff we talked about, so definitely good to check those out. We also live stream every week. Uh, Also going to be changing that schedule, so stay tuned later in the show to see when that's going to be changed too. And last, we have a Patreon page. If you want to support us, it's a great way. Uh, basically, just helps to you know cover the cost of the show and is a really great way to support us. So, uh, top patron of the week is Make, Build, Modify. Thank you, as always, Justin. And uh, no new patrons this week. So, get on it, guys. <laughs> so, uh, I guess let me go ahead and introduce my co-hosts, as always. I've got James Wright from Wood by Wright. What is going on, James? Oh, you know it. This, that, and uh, the other thing. <laughs> <laughs> and I've got Zach Herberholz from ZH Fabrications. What's going on, Zach? Hey. So, uh, yeah, we've got some changes to the schedule on the show. So, uh, you know, life changes, things, uh, you know, forces change the time we're going to record. So uh, it seems as though, guys, just want to make sure we've all agreed to this. Probably Wednesday nights is going to be the new live streaming night. Is that uh, yep. kind of the conclusion we've come to? So uh, probably stick with 8 p.m. Check us out on Facebook or Twitter or whatever. Uh, Instagram, we'll, we'll post the times there as well. Uh, also, we have an email newsletter on our website. If you guys want uh, updates, you know, like tonight, we started 30 minutes late. So uh, that's a great way. We, we try to send out updates anytime that the live stream is going to change that kind of thing. So uh, that's uh, you can sign up for that on our website as well. So, yeah, I think we'll be streaming on Wednesday nights instead of Thursdays and then probably putting out the show on Thursdays rather than Wednesdays. So uh, instead of having a six-day delay uh, from live streaming to publishing, it's going to be like a 12-hour delay. So that'll be kind of nice, keep the show a little more fresh and relevant and <laughs> us not have to try to think six days ahead about what we're talking about. So um, that should work out pretty well. So, yeah. Um, anyway, let's go ahead and move into, I guess, what we've been working on. James, I see you got something written down here. Yeah. Um, well, I have to start off with actually this last weekend I had the mother load of all amazing garage sales. And I bought uh, two post drills, seven planes, a bunch of um, saws, like 16 some carving chisels, uh, a ton of stuff for a total of 61 bucks. Nice. Yeah, and, I saw that, man. That uh, was a ridiculous haul. So that was that was the big thing, and um, I, I think I get most of my tools from estate sales. And um, I'm thinking I'm actually want. I've had so many people asking, you know, where do you get your antique tools from? I think I'm going to do a video on that soon. Yeah. But uh, the, today, um, just today, which is uh, Thursday. Um, so if you've heard this, you know, you know the drill. It's in the past. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, put out a, vil, uh, a video on uh, uh, free lumber. Um, basically, how do you take firewood and turn it into usable lumber? And so I got a uh, a pile of these logs, um, and I I, cu- I talked to the guy while he was cutting them up and said, you know, can you leave a couple at like three and four foot long so I can pull some lumber out of them? And so I had uh, six or so logs that I made about 60 board feet out of, um, all with a mallet, a wedge, uh, well, a few wedges, and then a scrub plane. And with those items, you can make your own um, lumber. And yeah. It was a, a lot of fun, and I've had some amazing response in the video. That's awesome. But uh, yeah, the the big thing going on right now though is the new workbench, and I just uh, um, I'm going to be doing a workbench with uh, it'll have three vices on it, two leg vices and one end slash face slash moxen vice, dual chain. Nice. Yeah, man, that's going to be sweet. But you said it's only going to be five feet long. Yeah. I'm going to be gluing up the top on that tonight. So what what is your reasoning for making it so short? Um, well, honestly, it's very rare that I use more than five foot for any given project. Uh, my current bench is eight foot long, and I'll use like three to four feet at one end. Um, and then the other end just becomes like the catch-all location, and I really don't want that. I want the top of it to be for yeah. the, the project that it's currently working on. Yeah. Um, not to mention that for videoing, I want to shoot towards the end of my shop. Well, it's only 10 foot wide, 
Mm. Um, and I want to be able to resaw off the end of the bench, so I have to be able to back up. So if I make it any longer than that, I don't have any space to stand off the end of it. Um, so five works perfectly for what I need. Nice. And for most people, five to six is is plenty of space. Um, yeah, having more is nice, but... No, I, I agree. Any flat surface in my shop ends up uh, becoming temporary storage. So yeah. every time I need to work on anything even decently large, like I just have to shuffle everything from one surface to the other, whether that's the, you know, from the Falk to the Rubo to whatever. And it's, uh, just <laughs> this endless yeah. dance. Like right now, the Rubo, <laughs> I could not do anything on it if I wanted to, cause it's just covered up in junk. So yeah, I think making it smaller, that's kind of an interesting idea. Uh, plus I'm going to be keeping the old one. So if I, if I do need the longer bench, I mean, it's, it's there. So oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. I'll be like you with two benches. Yeah, seriously, man. That's uh, from zero to two in a week. It, uh, yes. It's kind of insane. But, man, I they're both awesome. The I have to say, though, I, I am definitely – I still haven't put the finish on the Lake Erie uh, vice screw, and it's already – I can tell it's just been really humid here uh, the past week and, like, raining and a lot. And so that vice screw is getting a little, you know, harder to turn just because it's swelling up a touch. And – uh that metal yeah. hardware, it doesn't do that. So <laughs> that is kind of nice. But, uh, yeah, they're, they're both really sweet benches. I'm, uh, I'm excited to have them both. So cool. Zach, what about you, man? Um, chairs. I've, I had, was, I kind of had a, wasn't my favorite week. I kind of got into like a rut and, yeah. uh, and I think, I think that I think it's important to kind of bring that up because uh, it's not always it, it, things aren't always great. Sometimes uh, you have to adapt and make changes, and uh, yeah. So, so the chairs have been that. First of all, it's just it was just kind of a one thing after another, and like I, see I mean, obviously, we're all like really passionate about what we do. I think it's just it's the I mean, it's incredible that we get to do this for a living. And, uh, you know, I really love the way these things are coming out. I think they're beautiful. I'm really proud of them. And then the the, um, the client I'm building him for, he wants the cushions to match his office. Right. So I went and I picked him up. And in my opinion, they're they're very like generic gray looking like cushions, and they're like two hundred and fifty bucks each or something. And t- to me, like they they really kind of kill the whole vibe of the chair. Like it looks like what you would buy from like IKEA or like something that would be on every like office furniture piece that you would ever see at like office space or something. So I just really that really kind of bummed me out. I mean, granted it's, it's not for me, it's for his office and it's, it's, it might look great in the environment and stuff, but it's different from the vision that I had. So that mm-hmm. kind of knocked me down one. And then, uh, since I really wanted to go with the raw steel finish on these, um, finishing steel like, or mild steel, like without paint or primer, you know, if you just want it to be clear, it's really difficult. It's really, it's really hard to get something that etches into the metal that's clear. Yep. Um, so I tried some different chemicals. I tried this two part, like acrylic epoxy and it went on great. And I was really excited. And I did a te- I tested the, the underside of one of the chairs and it went on great. And then I come back after it's cured and I start scratching on it with my fingernail. And sure enough, after, you know, 10 seconds of scratching it starts flaking off so so that was that was my plan a i'm like this is this is gonna work great it's supposed to work and it it really didn't so that was kind of a bummer and then like just that that like culmination of these two things really derailed me and it kind of put me in a funk for a day or two while i was like trying to think of like man what am i gonna do like i feel like this whole project's falling apart on me i don't like the way the cushions look on it that I don't know what I'm going to do for a finish. So, I mean, that really kind of, kind of funked me up for a day or two. And I tried this, um, today I applied this, uh, um, metal wax from Sculpt Nouveau. And now this isn't like, uh, you know, I, I've talked to, I talked to those guys. We have a pretty good relationship and, from what I understand, it's it's something, you know, it's a wax, so you're going to have to kind of reapply it and stuff. And, uh, you know, most of my experience has been with, like, with Johnson's Paste Wax. 
So I open this stuff up and I'm really skeptical because it's like really soft and gooey. It's thin. It's not like paste, yeah. like paste wax. It looks, it actually, it looks just like applesauce. It has like the consistency and stuff of applesauce on it. <laughs> so I put it on there and I'm like, oh man, I don't think this is going to work either. And I'm, you know, I'm just going in my head. I'm like, I'm going to have to cut all of these things apart and paint them and finish them and redo all of the chairs. So it's yeah. just... But I come back in an hour to buff it out, and man, this stuff feels solid. Like it's uh, it hardened up really well, and so uh, I'm I'm actually excited about that. I'm going to take the one that I applied this paste wax to to the uh, to the client tomorrow and drop it off and make sure he's happy with it. And I'm just going to tell him, you know, it's if you want the the mild steel look, this is really the only option out there. Um, you know, and inevitably there's probably going to be some little tiny rust spots that start to appear eventually under the finish, but, um, I don't, it's not going to like, you know, it shouldn't, shouldn't be terrible. And I think it might actually make it look kind of cool. It's very unique. Yeah. So we'll see about that, but yeah, that really, really kind of derailed me this week. But, um, that I think that wax is going to do fine as long as it's kept up on. And, uh, yeah, so I got to drop that off tomorrow and if all goes well, I will have those chairs, done and out of my hands at the beginning of next week nice dude yeah i'm excited to yeah, see those things all buttoned up yeah the, the, I'm, I'm yeah the sad thing for me is i'm not well like, yeah the cushions that's that's a bummer man they look good behind you that's what photoshop's for yeah well i i don't know i'm not very good at that i'm debating actually just buying the cushion that i have in my mind Mm-hmm. which is going to be like 200 some bucks. Yeah, it's not worth just it. Just for a picture, just to see it like actualized the way I want it in my head. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the artistic aspect of me or in this hobby is it's like for me when I get something in my head, that's the joy is like building it and seeing it to completion. Um yeah. and I really want to see it cuz I really think it would just um be incredible looking and I don't want to I don't know. So we'll see. So I'm kind of still stewing on whether or not I want to have a cushion made solely for a picture. <laughs> be a very expensive picture. Yes. I mean, but, I, uh, I think there are some Photoshop wizards out there who could do it for you for. They'd you know, probably just, Photoshop it for like for 200 bucks. Well, I'm sure if you okay. post it in the I Like to Make Stuff group, somebody would do it right or for even you, you in, can, a, in a second. You could find one on Fiverr. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, that's certainly not worth getting a set of cushions that are then not going to have a chair to go with them. You you know what I could do? I just thought about it. Maybe I could give away like a key fob or something to somebody savvy on uh, Photoshop. I had trouble. I was trying to design this CNC file for that uh, cutting board with the inlay. I needed to, basically I had an SVG file of this, the, the like Ukrainian, whatever coat of arms. And so it had super sharp corners and, you know, with the CNC, that doesn't work because you're using a router bit, so that's round. So I am a total illustrator noob, and I did not know how to round over the corners. Posted on I Like to Make Stuff within, like, 15 minutes. Some dude helped me out. Uh, it was really nice of him, uh, Brent. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sending him some stickers and stuff like that. But, yeah, I mean, people who know how to do this stuff, it won't take them five minutes, you know. I mean, changing the that's color awesome. of a cushion on a picture, that would take, like, they're square cushions. They're not even, like, even I could almost yeah. do that, you know. Like, that would not be a... Well, I'd like to get, like, kind of a like a leather look to it. I'm, yeah. I don't know. But I'll, yeah. I'll, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll give them something. Yeah, there's some Photoshop wizards out there, man. You, you'd be totally fine. Um, yeah, not, not worth getting uh, <laughs> extras unless you want to build another chair for yourself or something. In that case, that'd be fine. But uh, you know, whatever. Yeah, uh, I, yeah. It's I've just had these things for so long. I'm just really excited to like move on to the next project. Mm-hmm. And it's not like I mean, there's a there's obviously a good amount of labor in them, but it's just been like. The, the process of building these they're just chairs are so in depth and like waiting for upholstery and waiting for like the dimensions and making sure it just it's just been like oh yeah uh, it's just been looming over yeah. over me for so long and then like to be this close and to have like issues with to not be happy with the cushions and to not you know to have issues with the metal finish and stuff yep um yeah so funny. i just yeah but I mean that kind of stuff happens, and I think, I it think it, it's been a really good, um, 
you know, in retrospect, it's it's good to acknowledge that like this, it's not always going. Everything's not always going to be easy. You know? <laughs> Certainly it's, not. It's, and I think that's kind of a good segue into tonight's like topic. Yeah. This is then. Well, we haven't talked about know. Johnny's stuff. Yet. I know. Yeah, but it, oh, it, it, it will be. I've just been. I've just been rambling. Definitely. So, yeah. Go ahead. No, I mean, yeah, I, I think you know, I think we all have weeks like that, and. Uh, <laughs> I think it happens more than I think a lot of us would like to admit. I know it does at least to me. And, you know, it uh, it, it makes us better, stronger woodworkers, I think, and, and just stronger people to be able to deal with that stuff. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's good. Um, yeah, I've been working on – I've had a, a buddy of mine uh, who lives locally. He wanted a new dining table and some benches. You know, it's that kind of farmhouse style, um, real big, beefy uh, four-by-four – kind of legs with this kind of truss angled truss structure underneath and then uh, you know just a normal top with breadboard ends it's all construction lumber like uh, southern yellow pine two by tens for the top and then uh, douglas fir four by fours for the base but it's been good it's been uh, it's come together really fast like we went and picked up the rough lumber or you know the lumber from the home center yesterday morning and uh, just got we got all the parts for the bases of the two benches and the table done today and got the top glued up yesterday so chugging along and it's amazing what like just having a planer and jointer can make some of that wood look like i mean you know those those dug fur four by fours are actually really pretty once you square them up and get all the you know i mean they're they're really rough from the store They they do not mind a huge chunk of tear out around every knot it's uh you know those things are kind of gnarly looking but send them through the joiner or the planer uh, just skip playing them real quick and, and they get real pretty so um excited to, to that was a very quick project we my goal is to have like the first coat of stain applied by the end of the day tomorrow so uh, that was a good turnaround for a dining table and two two benches so <laughs> um it's it's amazing how quick that stuff can <laughs> kind of go together um but uh, yeah, so that was cool. Also, I uh, had another video come out on the Make Magazine channel uh, last week, I guess, if you guys are hearing this on iTunes. Um, it was a little key holder and like coat rack, um, did it on the CNC, and it was a fun little project. So it's been kind of cool because, you know, there are certain things that don't really seem to work that well on my channel. CNC stuff is one of those, and it's kind of nice to have that outlet because I'm a you know, total tech nerd and trying to get my hands on a laser cutter and all that stuff. Cause it's just fun. You know, it's a fun alternative yeah. kind of yeah. making, you know, and there it's fun to hit print and see something come to life. Dude, it's, it's amazing. I mean, it's, it's one of the cooler things even still like just turning on the CNC is like this incredible experience. You know, this thing, this file you've, you know, spent all this time designing and then, you know, you get all the, the bits right and everything zeroed out properly and fastened to the spoil board. And then when you finally hit start, it's like, man, this is just taking shape in front of my eyes. So it's a, it's a very fun process. And, I, you know, I get why some people poo-poo it because I, I realize it's very expensive. But honestly, with makerspaces popping up all over the place, there's just you know, get over it. Like that's, that's kind of my mentality. Like even in Asheville, which is a town of 80,000 people, there's a really cool makerspace here with a, you know, the same CNC I have and a bunch of other, you know, 3d printers and stuff like that. And it's just, you know, don't limit yourself because you don't own that tool. It's a, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun and a totally different thing for me. So I've been enjoying that. So, um, yeah, and then I guess just prepping for for Tulsa. It's uh, it's right around the corner. I'm I'm uh, I'm hoping we have enough tools to to work with. I'm, uh, <laughs> My little, van is going to be really loaded down. <laughs> yeah, I'm a little nervous about that, but it seems like everybody is going to have a ton of tools for us to kind of mooch off of. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's always I, someone there you can share dude, with. Honestly, I've I don't even like, care. We could show up and do nothing and just hang out with people and help other people, and I'm totally good with that because it's just going to be. I think it's going to be really fun. I know. Uh, yeah, I was talking to Jay earlier too. yesterday, and you know his whole crew coming out. Him and Sean Stone and Jason Barlow and Wayne Brown. They're all super good dudes, and it's just. I think it's going to be a, a very large group of really fun people so it should be a really good time so it's a it's a definitely a unique I'm, event 
I've been gambling on like my tickets because it's like <laughs> the tickets are like yesterday I was going to buy them and they're like three hundred and twenty bucks. I'm like, dude, that's cheap. Give it man. a day. So, but you know what? It's like Oklahoma. I know. Like to spend that's why it's cheap. to go to Oklahoma because nobody wants to go there. There's no <laughs> the flight volume. I, there I get is very it, low. but it's just really hard for me to spend three hundred dollars to go to Oklahoma. No offense to <laughs> I mean, everybody people, who lives in Oklahoma. To, like <laughs> in the, in the 30s, like people would spend like three hundred bucks to get out of Oklahoma. <laughs> the Okies, you know. Like now, I have to spend money to go there. It's uh, anyway. I mean, I'm sure it's going to be a great event. But so, like, I I was going to buy them yesterday, and like 320 bucks. I'm like, you know what? Let me wait until tomorrow. So today, there are 300 bucks. Nice. So um, you should buy. Them. Yeah, hey, that's a dinner, man. I'm still convinced you're not going to come. That's uh, I I have this sneaking suspicion that you're going <laughs> to flake. At the last second, because you still am, don't have I'm your airfare a, and you still haven't paid your participation fee, as far as I know. So uh, I yeah, haven't yet. You I'm, are completely uncommitted to this event currently. So there's there's an order though. Like it wouldn't make sense for me to buy the tickets before <laughs> I buy my plane tickets. You're right. Like the first thing I need to do is make sure that I can get there, and you then I'll buy the have event an RV, though. So <laughs> so tomorrow. Here's the thing, though. Like, if tickets are like 280 bucks tomorrow, I'm gonna wait another day. Oh, you're insane! If they're still 300 bucks tomorrow, I'm gonna buy them. Yeah, and then I'll buy my participation fee. You're crazy. You're crazy. That would make me so nervous. That's like you know, Jimmy Duress always talks about how he just drives into town with no hotel booked, and I'm like, that would give me a like aneurysm. Like that is not. I am like planned, you know, seven months ahead of time. I got everything booked up it uh see this is this is like again this is like the perfect yes, segue into yes, our like totally. topic so yes like let's, it's, it's, that is a great segue because yes tonight we're going to be talking about whether we plan our woodworking projects ahead of time or whether we wing them and how much detail we go into when planning them and uh <laughs> you know what works for us and what doesn't so yeah that's uh <laughs> that is a pretty good segue because i think those uh i think that's pretty representative of our different styles so yeah i I find that i I plan my trips out to the nth degree i you know i I book everything ahead of time and i figure out what's around and i look at google maps and i look at satellite views and i look at the parks in the area and look at the geocaches around i have everything planned out ahead of time but then when it comes to woodworking i'm like you know i want to build a table i kind of have this picture in my head uh the first measurement i need is i want to be about four foot long so i cut a board at four foot and then i base everything off of that size that's crazy yeah yeah that's not how i do it but uh (laughs) i mean i i think there are some projects where you can't help but do that in a lot of ways like these chairs i i i planned them a lot like i created like pretty meticulous 3d models of them uh before i really started cutting anything but even still there was so much i've had to wing because you know it's I'm basing it off an existing chair. The, the back legs are, you know, one long piece, and you know they're kind of like this V shape. So um, it's it's been a lot of uncomfortableness for me because I'm like having to measure <laughs> and mark, and you know everything's like just like oh I, I think that'll work, and like going back and making the cut like six times to make it fit perfectly, and yeah, it's uh, I'm not a huge fan of that style, but I can see how it works for some people. And in some things, I mean, you know, like like if I was turning something, yeah, that to, that to me is a whole nother, you know, ball of wax because it's just kind of this free-flowing organic thing most of the time. But mm-hmm. if it's like, you know, what, cutting stuff. What, what is your normal build process? Mine, I start always in SketchUp. Uh, well, I mean, I guess I start in like Google Image Search and Pinterest or whatever just to find inspiration for the project. And then I move into SketchUp and... I am not good at drawing. Um, it's not something I've ever felt very good at. And I also like to have things digitally so then I can work on them at any time, like anywhere. I keep everything in Dropbox. And so, you know, if I'm away from home and want to work on something, I can just pull it up on the laptop and good to go there. So, <clears throat> yeah, I, I use SketchUp basically as my sketching tool. And I can just kind of start roughing things out. Um, you know, most furniture 
has sizes that are kind of standard, you know, like dining tables, 30 inch high, you know, chairs are like 16, 17, 18 inches high, somewhere in that range. So, you know, that that's where I kind of start roughing out the dimensions. Um, if it's going to be built with sheet goods, I'll usually try to tweak it. So I'm not getting, you know, a huge amount of waste, like cutting one little six inch square out of a, you know, one remaining sheet of plywood or whatever. So, um, try to get it as, worked out as possible in SketchUp before even purchasing any materials. Um, and then I try to purchase all of the supplies I need before even getting to work on the project because especially with, you know, trying to keep up with the video publishing schedule, like I'm always trying to be like, you know, two to three weeks ahead with buying materials if possible, because it's such a time sink and I avoid going to, you know, Home Depot and Lowe's like the plague. So if I can order it on Amazon, I'll do that. Cause I'm just, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm 20 minutes from Lowe's. I'm 30 minutes from Home Depot and that's each way. So, you know, that's a large chunk of my day wasted if I have to go even pick up, you know, a box of screws or something. So I always try to have extras of things on hand just in case and that kind of thing. So, yeah, so I'll I'll create the SketchUp model and then I usually will create a full on like cut list and have that printed out and bring that down to the shop with me and then I can, you know, process everything. So it's Do you cut the vast majority of your boards at one time? Yep, I cut pretty much everything uh, uh before you know, moving on to joinery, uh, for the most part. I mean, you know, I start with rough lumber, so, you know, I'll leave everything a little larger than it needs to be both, you know, dimensionally and lengthwise. So that way I can kind of bring things down to their final size. But yeah, for the most part, I, I have very exact measurements and, you know, I, I'm lucky cause I have, you know, a miter saw with a stop block and, you know, planer joiner table saw, you know, like I can, if I design it in SketchUp and design it a particular size, I can pretty much nail that size fairly easily, you know? So, um, it's not that difficult when you have those kind of systems in place. So, um, yeah. yeah. And then it usually just kind of comes together. I mean, there's very little fitment that I have to do, uh, during projects, especially if stuff is, you know, just square. I mean, that's, uh, you know, it, it depends like, like that curfing project I did. I I couldn't figure out how to plan ahead for that. So that just required me doing a bunch of test cuts on the table saw and, and kind of winging it. And it kind of came together as I did it. Cause trying to account for those radiuses and stuff was just kind of weird. Um, so that one was much more kind of free flowing. I didn't really have a SketchUp model for that and, uh, built, just built the drawer to size based on after I got everything glued up. So, um, it depends on the project, but you know, if it's, you know, a basic square project, then certainly I can have everything ready to roll beforehand. So, um, like the, the table and benches I'm building right now, every single thing was already in SketchUp. So it, uh, it came together very quickly. So, yeah. So, uh, See, I, t- I tried to do that with my, my last project, the, uh, the saw bench. Yeah. Cause I, I drafted everything up in SketchUp. I made my cut list. Um, and then I went down the shop and I cut everything and dimensioned everything to the cut list. And then completely changed my plan. <laughs> <That's funny. laughs> I think the only thing that stayed the same size was the, the, the two top pieces. I completely changed the foot design. I can cha- change the stretcher connections. I changed the legs all on the fly. And Yeah. Uh, I, just, I had a different desire when it actually came time to build. Yeah. And I, I, I think that's the, the other thing is that I work with um, – I, I don't work with straight grain, clean wood. Yeah. Um, and I'm not using power power tools, so my my work is often around the board. Um, so, like, I might have an eight foot long board, but only six foot of it is worth anything. So, well, that piece is going to be six foot long. So, there you go. We'll work off of that. <laughs> yeah, and see, for me, a lot of times it's like custom furniture. So I yeah. am building to a very specific dimension. Just someone else's because it'll expectations. fit right in this spot in their house, and it's got to be that exact dimension. And, yeah. uh, so yeah, I, I have to do the opposite. Well, I mean, even like that for, for the dresser, I had a specific spot in the room and the, that had to fit between two doors 
Um, and I knew that I wanted the drawers to be um, 18 inches deep. That was just the, the size I came up with. Yeah. So I knew the length of it and the depth for the drawers. And then the height is, you know, a normal dresser at about countertop height, a little bit lower for my wife. Um, and so I had that dimension. So I, I, uh, I started with the boards that were that specific dimension. And then everything else is based off of that. And so once I measure that first dimension, I mean, the tape measure almost never comes out after that because I'm just setting a board up to it and says, mm, this looks good. Put a line there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, and you know, I, like, uh, even I remember, the bench uh, I'm building right now is that way. Cause I, I say it's five foot long, but it's probably gonna end up being something like five foot three and 19 sixteenths. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, remember, uh, I think it was Peter Brown did a video a while ago about like, uh, um, Adam Savage and, uh, yes, Jamie. Jamie. Yeah. Yep. And he was talking about like how they're two totally different types of builders. You have like the what do you call it, like the big picture builder yep. and the detail build. I need to watch that again. I should have actually watch that, it before tonight. But. I'll put that in the show notes because that yeah that that yeah. video. I'm glad you brought that up because that video definitely sums up to me this. There are two kind of. I mean, I find very few people who fall somewhere in the middle. You know, it's you're either like Jay Bates. He's a total Jamie. Like he. Has the SketchUp file. All his stuff seems to be very planned ahead. You know, he's dialing. Same with Mark Spagnolo. Um, and then, you know, there are like Jimmy DeResta, classic Adam, you know, non-planner, uh, you know, doing by the seat of his pants and has enough experience yeah. to make that work, you know? So, yeah, that's a great Yeah, idea. I mean, I, I think uh, – I mean, I'm definitely – I fall on that, like, wing it side, but – but not completely loose. I mean, like I will do my design in SketchUp and that that's crucial for me for a few reasons. Cause then I get, that's where I put the concrete stuff. So if somebody wants a table, you know, so I do commission pieces. Somebody wants a table that's six feet long and 31 inches tall. That's, that's concrete. I can't change that. So I will get into SketchUp and I will make a box that is six feet long and 32 inches tall. And all I have is what I can put inside of that, you know? So if they want a farmhouse style or if they want whatever it is, you know, I'll get that inspiration and I'll put the concrete stuff in there. I'll get it as close to, a, you know, what I envision as I can, but it's really a tool for me to get an idea of materials, uh, dimensions, uh, just all of the, the kind of the, the facts of the build like this, these are the things that absolutely have to happen. It has to fit within this size. It has to have this much material and, uh, you know, like the certain colors or the, the stains or the, um, you know, whatever it is, like th that's all details. But I use that as a reference for when I show, you know, the piece to the, the customer, the client i say hey this is this is what i have let's get started here's what i have in my head and then when i go to build that i'll start i'll the first couple cuts i'll do will be measured and then from then on out I, nothing else and, and i do it in stages i mean i think about i look at some of these videos and and you're like one of these people too johnny that um you'll cut everything out you have oh, yeah. you have a cut list every everything is you do everything and that's it's crazy to me. I mean, it yeah. works well. It works well, but I for me, I'm like, that is that. nuts. <laughs> because, like, because things change, and I feel like it's so easy. And I'm not saying, like, what I do is better. It's just the sure. way my mind works. Like, totally. for instance, like, my, my uh, workbench that I built, the Nicholson workbench, like, I did the legs, and then I cut out the pieces and this and that to do the apron. And then I cut out, and all of those measurements are based off of whatever previous step I did. They're not based off of the SketchUp because if I'm a uh, eighth of an inch off on step one, and then I reference the SketchUp model, then I'm going to be another eighth of an inch off. And yeah. like those things can add up and subtract and do all sorts of weird stuff. And for me, um, it's just it, my, the way my mind works is very consecutive. I'm very task oriented. So like first I'm going to build the lay or, you know, on the Nicholson, but like a table, I'll build, you know, the top that way I have the exact dimensions and then I will use that to build the next thing. And then the next thing and everything is kind of builds off of the previous step. And that's just the way that my mind works. And yeah. I find personally that like, that's where a lot of my ideas come is when they're not concreted initially, like, <laughs> 
most yeah. of my builds, most of the, I think the coolest aspects of my builds happen after I've planned out the general build. You know, it happens in between steps. I'll build the top and I'll be like, oh, well, what if we did this for the legs instead? And it's not too late for me to change that. You know, it's just the way that I operate. Yeah. It's, you know, and there's, there's a lot, there's people in both camps. It's just, it's really interesting. Yeah. I often tell people I have mistake driven design. <laughs> That uh, yeah. you know, I'm working through it, and I have a plan in my brain, and I cut something wrong, or you know, there's a weird knot in the board, or something comes up that I just couldn't anticipate. Yeah, and so I have to think around it, and a lot of times those think arounds just bring out some of the most amazing ideas yeah. that you would never have gotten to otherwise. Well, yeah, and, but again, to reference earlier, that can backfire just just as much as following your SketchUp plans and cutting something that doesn't fit what you just did because you had to adapt and you already had the piece cut out. Same thing happens with me. Perfect example. These chairs, I was planning on one thing. The finish didn't work. I didn't, you know, and I'm like, I'll figure it out when I get there. I'll figure it out when I get there. And then I got there and I'm like, I can't figure this out for like a day or two. I just was, had so much anxiety and I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to have to cut these chairs apart, pull all the wood out and, do a different, totally different metal finish with color, like a, you know, a patina or something. So I ended up figuring it out, but like, you know, sometimes it's, it's, you, you can come into that dead end where you're like, I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. And then you get there and you're like, this is, you know, I I have no idea what I'm going to do now. (laughs) Like I was hoping it would come to me, but it didn't. Well, and or it comes after you finish the video. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think one of the real easy pitfalls to fall into, I know I, I've done this a number of times, is when you're working with rough lumber. And, you know, a lot of times I just like to leave the boards as thick as I can because, you know, why why turn good wood into sawdust? And so, like, when I was building those vanities, <clears throat> when I put together the SketchUp model, I had kind of accounted for three-quarter inch thick uh, final stock because it was four-quarter material. Well, they ended up closer to seven eighths of an inch and I didn't really change any of my measurements. And, uh, while it didn't really affect because of the way the vanity was built, it didn't really affect the way anything came together. The vanities both ended up about half an inch wider than I had originally intended. And while that doesn't sound like much of a big deal, when you have a custom countertop that needs to go on top of those things and they need to fit in like a bump out in a very precise amount of space, uh, you know, that, that can cause issues. And I kind of got lucky that it didn't, but you know, those kind of little things, if if you need, you know, if you're building something for a customer that especially anything built in or anything like that, um, accounting for those little stock differences, it's a very good skill to have. Uh, and I did it with the Rubo. Like that was the workbench is a great example because, you know, again, I wanted to leave the boards as thick as I could because why, again, turn it into sawdust when that's just more weight than my workbench could be. So, you know, the boards were closer to like an inch and a half rather than an inch and a quarter. And so I had to adjust my measurements as I went. Um, but, uh, yeah, rough rough lumber and dimensioning stock can always kind of throw a wrench into <laughs> your best laid plans. So, um, yeah, that's uh, definitely <laughs> got to pay attention, basically. <laughs> So, yeah. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, uh, I'd love to we I think we'd all love to hear about what you guys think uh what what your kind of styles are cuz I do think Peter's video summed it up really well. We just dropped that in the show notes. So, um if you guys haven't seen that, definitely encourage you to cuz that uh it's an interesting point because that show uh you know, I love that show and I I would love to think that I'm more like Adam, but I don't really know that i am so um it's a it's an interesting interesting uh interesting video so yeah uh i guess you guys want to uh move into what we've been watching i don't know i mean we don't uh you guys got anything else to add to this show topic we don't have any weekly questions i know we We don't have a joke of the week we were like really thin tonight it's uh you know well i think moving the moving the live stream a half hour late probably yeah and I mean, summer is just you know busy times. So I think everybody is quite busy this time of year. So um, we could do what we've been watching and, and come back if we got any Q and As. If you guys want to do that, 
You guys yeah, do your do. what you've been watching. There was something I was watching the other day, and I'm like, I need to remember this for the podcast. And, <laughs> Let me uh, guess. It was a design book? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, no, it was, I was trying to remember what the heck it was. I did watch the Kyle Toth video though. That oh, he told yes. me about. That was pretty awesome. Right? That, was, that was pretty good. But yeah. there was something I was, Oh, you know what? I liked it on my Twitter. So I, I did that intentionally <laughs> cause I knew I would forget. That's like my backup plan. So I'm going to look on my Twitter and see what I liked because nice. Uh, yeah. Okay. Go ahead. I'm, I'm looking it up. Well, James. Oh, you're waiting. Yeah, it uh, put down uh, Ishitani Furniture. Yeah, At least I man, think I'm saying that right. That video. <laughs> uh, he just put out another video this week, about once every other week or so. Um, it's just craftsmanship at its purest level. Dude, yeah, he's um, he's one of my favorite channels. And it's a beautiful blend of hand tool, power tool, and using where it makes sense. And yeah. Fantastic, fantastic! Not only just the the woodworking, but the design sense, um, and the, the the video itself is very artistic and just yeah. fantastic videos. Yeah, those are the ones I watch at full speed, <laughs> and uh, I, I sit back and, and put it on my ultra wide, yes. high def screen. Yes, yeah, he uh, he has been one of my. I put him on the weekly make a roundup you know, like whatever, eight months ago or whenever I stopped doing that before then. Um, <laughs> and, uh, I just, he's an amazing craftsman and the fact that he has somebody else running the camera, uh, really adds to that, I think. And they're just super peaceful. Like the pacing is so much slower than I have the guts to do, you know? Cause like, I just always worry about people's attention spans. Like I try to make it so no clip is longer than like five seconds and uh yeah. you know his stuff is just super beautiful and you know he's kind of got that danish modern influence i think to a lot of his stuff these chairs use that kind of uh danish cord weaving which i think is gorgeous and it's a technique i've been wanting to pick up there's a a place here locally that teaches uh weaving and, and chair caning and all that stuff and it's something like my wife did some basket weaving and i think it's something she enjoys so I figured that'd be a really good, like, kind of tag team, just like he did in his video. <laughs> you know, kind of have your yeah. your wife or significant other figure out how to do that stuff, and uh, you build the frame, and they, you know, do the weaving, and uh, that's that's kind of a powerful combo. So. I was just thinking, you know, if, if he got together with uh, Duchette and Wolf and did a uh, um, did a collab, I think that would just be like yeah. the greatest video on YouTube. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, that would be uh that would be cool. He he is he's one of my favorites because his design sense is, you know, pretty much exactly what I like. So <laughs> it it works very well. So it's uh, uh yeah, his stuff is amazing. So um so mine this week I wanted to shout out uh, Evan and Catlin and I guess uh they're a pretty new channel uh, kind of up and comers on YouTube and uh, actually Bob from I like to make stuff uh, shouted them out like probably a month or two ago now on the making it podcast and um they're just killing it like super well put together video and uh just really good personalities and just really seem like good people. So I've um, been following them on Instagram and stuff and uh, really interesting, more kind of like the DIY stuff. Um, it seems like they're, you know, just kind of building up their workshop and all that kind of stuff. So, but uh, it's, it's a, it's good stuff and their personalities are just really fun. So it's nice. And, you know, that's kind of hard to do mix in personality in some of these videos and, and they do it really well. So, that's my pick this week. Zach, you got one? Mine has nothing to do with anything we do, but uh, I find it entertaining. Um, actually, there's two of them. The uh, Some of the Ron Swanson videos, like he did a thing for Home Depot. Did you guys see, have you guys seen that one? Uh-uh. It's, uh, I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. I don't know what the, I don't know if it was like an SNL thing, but they're actually wearing Home Depot, like, <laughs> He was wearing a Home Depot apron, and like the skit is, uh, he's trying to sell then uh, like a married couple things, and they just keep arguing, and he keeps changing the subject. Um, you'd have to watch it; it's it's hilarious. It's really good. Um, but uh, are you guys familiar with Puddles Pity Party? 
oh, the yes. clown. Yes. Yeah. Outstanding. He is like equal parts. It's like the divine comedy. Like it's equal parts, like hilarious and like really good. Yes. Like he's a really good singer. Yes. And he picks these ridiculous songs. He's first of all, he's dressed. He, he's like dressed up like a clown. Yeah. And, uh, like he sings these ridiculous songs. Like one of my favorite ones was that Royal song, like that pop song. <laughs> That I didn't. I don't care for the original, but just watching this clown, like with this operatic yes. voice, like sing this ridiculous pop song, dude. His pinball wizard, hilarious. Folsom Prison Blues mashup is yeah, like the, the greatest wizard. thing yeah. ever. And he's incredibly it's talented, like, but it's who just... figured out that those lyrics worked perfectly with that backing track? It was like yeah, insane. I mean, like his compositions are really good too. Yeah. Like like he. Like I would, I would say that even though he covers a lot of ridiculous songs, he actually makes them really good. Oh, but yeah. you don't think of that because when you watch it, it's a clown singing things and he's being ridiculous. <laughs> yes. But the music itself, if if you didn't have the video, you'd be like, "Wow, this is really good." Yeah. So it's like the perfect blend of like satire. It's just it's a joke, but it's actually really good. So yeah, um, yeah, that's what I was. That's that's uh, that's what I liked on my my nice. Twitter so that I remembered it because it made me laugh a bunch. Nice. Um, and well, you guys were uh, talking. I found a joke. Oh, because I don't want to die. <laughs> I wonder if we should open it up to like more than just woodworking jokes. Should we just open it up to like PG jokes? Any dad I, joke? Yeah, I mean jokes about woodworking are definitely going to be limited uh, yeah i mean whatever people send them in we'll, we'll be the judges send, send of, us your of, send yeah. us your uh <laughs> send us your corny jokes i just yeah. as long as they're corny yeah exactly um hopefully they're so dumb that they elicit an awkward laugh from yes. whoever's not reading it yes um all right here it is old woodworkers never die they just pine away oh man that's pretty bad <laughs> That's pretty bad. We should have like a worst joke yeah. of the month. <laughs> I mean, there's Contact. only so many clever ways you can use like the different species of wood and the different type of tools. And I mean, yeah, I, I certainly don't think we have exhausted them because I mean, considering we're only on our 33rd episode and like we haven't even had a joke every week, there's got to be tons yeah. of woodworking gold out there. So and and like. Uh, you know, like we had a lumberjack joke the other day. Yeah, that, that was good. Hurts. That definitely maybe works. just like blue collar jokes. Yeah, maybe maybe that's a good wood related. <laughs> yeah, I don't uh, know. Nice, but yeah, send us your terrible jokes. Yeah, the worse the better. Seriously, I have a thing for bad jokes. <laughs> cool. Well, uh, I guess favorite tool of the week, James. So you got something written down? The splitting wedge. Um, yeah. A very underrated tool. Um, I spent probably about three hours mm-hmm. with a set of them the other day. And uh, it's just a fun tool. I don't know why, but um, driving a, a like a nail that's 10 inches long by 2 inches by 3 inches into a piece of wood uh, is, is there's something extremely re- rewarding and very guttural and... <laughs> I just you're taking a sledgehammer and smashing something and being productive oh, yeah. at the same time is like it's 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 such a cool feeling. <laughs> have you very enjoyable? Have you seen the? Uh, There's a video a while ago where a guy like splits a rock like a boulder in half. Yeah. The same strategy, just like he drills. I think he drills holes and then hammers spikes in yeah. like different positions around it. It's you ridiculous. know you can you can do that with oak pegs. Hmm. Uh, um, a friend of mine does that. He'll actually drill holes every six inches into a rock, and then he'll dry out oak pegs in a kiln and get them down to like three percent moisture, and hammer them down into those holes, and then pour water onto the oak pegs and watch them swell up. Crazy. And the swelling of the oak is enough to crack the rock. Hmm. Hmm. That's crazy, man. That uh, that sounds pretty cool. Zach, you got one, or you want me to go? Um, yeah, I kind of have a last-minute one. I was trying to think of what tools I used this week, um, and I didn't use a whole lot because I was busy being depressed about my chairs. But <laughs> um, I, I think I said this on the last episode, but it's just like the standout of the week or just a good pair of scissors. Like uh, mm-hmm. I have the 
I think it's the WIST W10T. I'm looking at my my all of my tool sheets right now, and uh, they're awesome. They're like I think they're like ten fifteen bucks on Amazon, and I don't know if they're like ceramic or what, but uh, I never would have thought that I'd be impressed by scissors and I use them all the time for things that you probably shouldn't use scissors on and uh, they haven't let me down yet yeah I've got a good old pair that are uh, from the 1800s and I of course still you do. sharpen them occasionally <laughs> I, I love them they're like five pounds um, <laughs> they're just like two big blocks of steel that slide past each other but they're 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 fantastic that's funny um, I'm trying to think, uh, what, uh, yeah, so this one's not so much a tool as it is, I guess, kind of a branding element, but so, you know, I, I have a little stamp with my logo on it that I use on pretty much every piece that I make, but I always like handwrite the date and I have awful handwriting and it looks so terribly crappy. And so I saw somebody the other day, I can't remember who it was, but oh, it, it was Ishitani. That's, that's when I saw it on his video. One of those little date stampers. So you can, you know, uh-huh. turn the month and the year. And so, like, now, you know, because it'll be cool, especially for the stuff that I keep, to kind of look back in, you know, five years and kind of see how things have progressed. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I have video of it, so that <laughs> it makes it a little less, like, necessary. But um, it is kind of cool to, to be able to do that easily and effectively. Um, yeah, I, I really like the the ink like stamps rather than the brands because i just find them way easier to use and i don't know like the, the whole branding thing i, I think it's kind of easy to screw up to me and it takes like you know a couple minutes at least to heat up whereas the stamp is just like you know one second i actually most of the time just keep the stamp in my truck because half the times i forget to stamp it before i go deliver it to the customer and then i'll just stamp it like when i'm unloading it so um yeah i i I like the stamps a lot, so yeah. Plus, you know, years from now when you're dead and the conservator comes and starts looking at this furniture and is like, oh, this was Johnny Brook from uh, such Pretty and much. such time. Yeah, that famous guy from that platform that nobody uses anymore. That, uh, that's what <laughs> <think>. <laughs> I think it was called WhoTube. Yeah, yeah. It was in uh, 2D. How novel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, cool. Well, uh, I guess that'll do it. Thanks again to everybody who's supporting us over on Patreon. If you guys want to check that out, it is patreon.com slash craftedpodcast. Also, if you uh, dig the show, leave us a five-star review on iTunes. That is super helpful. Helps us get the word out there about the podcast. And uh, until next week, happy building. See ya. See you later. <laughs>